Bible Fellowship Church's devotional podcast devoted to bringing you some spiritual truth to consider every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you for joining us today. Our passage comes from Psalm 135, verses 15 through 18, which say, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Now, as you know, in the Old Testament, when they're talking about idols, uh, these were people who were worshiping false gods, you know, actual idols, as we would picture like in an Indiana Jones movie or something like that. Uh, These were statues. These were gods who had names and stories and mythologies and theologies around them. Um, And people would worship them in different ways. And what this psalm is saying is that though these uh, so-called gods, you know, might to their worshipers or to the people who are shaping these, these idols, actually carving them out of wood or making them out of gold and silver, they may appear to have mouths, but they do not speak. They may appear to have eyes, but they do not see. They may have ears or appear to, but they do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths, because these are not actual deities. These have no true existence. They are false gods. Worship of them is empty. Uh, at best, or at worst, is, is, is being offered to Satan and to his demons. And what God is saying through the psalmist here is that their promises are empty ones. Their worship has no effect. Coming, coming to them as, as a God does nothing for you. It's, it's emptiness. It's vanity. It leads nowhere. So as we bring that to our 21st century application... We say that we also have idols. And when we talk about idols today, primarily we're not talking about the worship of other gods. We're talking about anything that receives our affection, our attention, and our worship more than God does. We may not think of them as such, but they occupy the same space, spiritually speaking, as these idols in the Old Testament do. And our idols look a little bit different. They look like wealth. They look like material possessions. They look like romance. They look like excitement and fun and energy. They look like sports. They look like business success, uh, pride of life. Um, There are lots of things that we look to uh, to bring us satisfaction, to bring us joy, to bring us hope, whose promises are just as empty as these Old Testament idols are. Say uh, the, the idol of uh, business success and material possessions. It says if you work really hard and you amass for yourself a lot of money, it's going to bring you security, it's going to bring you choices, it's going to bring you comfort, and it's going to bring you recognition and respect. And how quickly that can go away when we look back to a, a 2008 or a, a company goes under and someone who's worked hard their whole lives suddenly is without a job. Things like this happen all the time. You could point to tons of stories where something in which we have placed all of our trust and all of our hope can be gone like that. The same would be true of a relationship that we want to engage in. We think that finding boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other of some kind uh, will, will finally fill that void inside of us. But how quickly these relationships fall apart, how quickly people let us down. People will always let us down, even the people who love us the most, sometimes especially so. Anything that we look to um, with a promise to fulfill our deepest needs will let us down. 
And this is what the spiritual reality of this passage says. Those who make them will become like them, so do all who trust in them. We become what we worship, and, and our lives will be just as empty and hollow as the idols that this Old Testament passage is talking about. So compare that to the rest of this psalm. Let's go a couple verses back and what it says about our living God. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. In heaven and on earth and the seas and all the deeps, he it is who makes the clouds rise at the ends of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and who brings forth the wind from his storehouses. What else does he do? Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, through all generations. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. Our God, in contrast to these empty, vain, lifeless idols, is living and active. That he is working, both in creation and sustaining everything that he has made, but also in the lives of his people. And he works not just with power, but with compassion, with steadfast love. So when we're looking for something to meet our deepest needs, to fulfill the longing in our hearts, to settle our restless souls, the answer is not in any of these vain idols that we might run after, success, relationships, our talents, other people's opinions of us, whatever it may be. True satisfaction, true life, true hope is only found in God. So Lord, we thank you for this Old Testament passage that has a lot to say to us today. God, that um, we often point our worship at less deserving things, what we might call other gods, counterfeit gods um, that that are calling for our worship. But Lord, help us to spend time in your word. Lord, help us to seek you through prayer that we might be reminded that you are the only one, God, that we were created for. You are the only one that is worthy of our worship. God, and help us to do this for your glory and our good, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in for another edition of Let's Talk. Church family, you are loved. Have a blessed day.